Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of Roadmap Plus for our team managers in Destination Imagination. If you're a team manager, we know you got a lot going on right now, so we're going to cover some of those big DI concepts in a small time frame. Uh, today, we're talking about challenges, one of everybody's favorite topics in the DI world. I am joined today by two very special friends from the Educational Experiences team. I've got with me Amanda Potter and Erica begun Veenstra. Hi, ladies. Hi, Kelsey. Hi. Glad to, to have you with us today. So let's talk about those challenges because usually one of the first things a new team manager asks me is like, what are these? How do we pick one? Where are they? Ah! So many awesome questions that go with them. So when you sit down with your six or seven challenges, uh, what are the things you're looking for when you start to read one? Amanda, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So I think the first big tip we're going to give is just to read the challenge several times through. You know, our challenges are written to be as clear as they possibly can be. But sometimes it does take a few read throughs to really wrap your brain around all of the requirements and how they interact together in your team's potential presentation that you're going to be building. So just read it several times through and that'll give you a good idea of what what kinds of things you should be thinking about. Another tip that you could try is um, assign a section of the challenge to each team member and have them present the most important points of that section to the rest of the team. Sometimes when you teach something to other people, you internalize the parts of the challenge that you really need to focus on a little bit better for yourself. And like I talked about before a moment ago, listening to it in an audible fashion is sometimes more helpful than just reading words on a page. Yeah, it seems like some of those tips would be especially relevant for our elementary teams or for folks who who for reading might be another new adventure for them, that that's a great way to help them divvy it up. Absolutely. Absolutely. We always want to present information in as many different ways as possible to make sure that that we're processing um, well. Uh, when you read through the challenge, there are some key terms that you want to focus on. Um, three of my favorites are should, may, and must. And those key terms will indicate several different things to you as you read the challenge. The word should is going to indicate guidance that your team should follow to maximize your success. There is technically a choice about whether you could follow that particular guidance or not. But in order to maximize your success in the challenge, you really should follow. What uh, I see what you're doing there. All right. Whatever that <laughs> says. Uh-huh. You should. You should do it. <laughs> the word may is going to indicate to you that there's something about the challenge that your team is totally free to decide about. So that could be, for instance, you may see in a challenge, the story may be based in any time period or in any location. That's just something that's totally up to your team. Um, and finally, um, the word must is a rule that really must be followed. If it isn't followed, then there may be some sort of a consequence, whether that's the legal procedure or a lower score or some other consequence that may happen in the challenge. And usually those consequences are pretty clearly lined up with that word in the challenge, or it's that rule is specifically highlighted in the scoring section. Um, one thing that I like to do when I read through challenges is to highlight each of those words in a different color. So maybe should is green, 
May could be red, must could be yellow or whatever is going to stand out to you the best. And then that will help your team visually see which rules they can make decisions about, which rules they have to follow and so on and so forth. Yeah, that's cool. And I love that that is common across all of the challenges. Like they're all different, but that's a common vocabulary for us all. That's so cool. Absolutely. It will always be the same. So that's something you can hang your hat on. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Are there any other other vocabulary in a challenge we should watch for? Yeah. So another tool that we use throughout all challenges is to capitalize important challenge terms. Um, so if something is capitalized, that usually means that it is specific used in a specific way for that challenge. Um, so for instance, in in all, most of our challenges, not improv, of course, but in most of our challenges, we have the team choice element. That's a capitalized term because it is DI specific. Um, actually, I think that definition may be more outlined in rules of the road, but that's a term that we use just for DI in a very specific way. And so it's capitalized. Often a capitalized term will have a challenge specific definition with it too. So one thing that you can look out for is the phrase for this challenge. So you'll see for this challenge, the capitalized term means, and then we'll give you the definition. Um, and there's a lot of good information that you should pay attention to within that definition to tell you what exactly we're talking about when we're asking you to create a particular element or do a certain thing. One more thing. We haven't really... Yeah, we haven't really talked about scoring at all. That's slightly important, the score for your challenge. A little bit. Uh, you're just, just a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit important. So you're going to really want to focus a bunch of your time as a team taking a look at the scoring section, figuring out how many points are assigned to each scoring element, um, which scoring element has the most points, which scoring element has the least points. And then the other thing that's on the scoring page is some more definitions or explanations of what is or is not included in each scoring element. You may even want to designate as much as a full meeting or more to really break down that scoring section and figure out how your team is going to spend your time as you create your presentation. Awesome. Thanks, Amanda. That's a lot of really good advice for what to be searching for in those beautiful challenge documents. Um, so, Erica, I know when I'm talking to new team managers and like I tell them where to get those challenge materials, one of the first things that they ask is usually like, well, how, how do I get the kids to pick one? <laughs> so that's it's one of the first decisions that a team makes together and it's an important one. So what's what's your advice for how these teams can select their challenge together? Yeah, Kelsey, aside from understanding the challenges, you have to figure out which one really speaks to you as a team. And that's like you said, one of the first really big decisions you're going to be making as a team, aside from maybe what you're going to call your team or when you're going to meet and who's going to bring snacks. Oh, that's the important My, decision. Yeah, the snacks. Those are totally important. <laughs> right. Um, so for picking a challenge... My biggest advice is just read through them, sit down with every challenge, take a look at it, figure out what it's about, what it means, what themes are there and figure out which one speaks or doesn't speak to your team. Because knowing that something doesn't interest you is often just as important as figuring out what does interest you. If nothing else, you can say, OK, well, this one's not for us. We have a smaller group to pick from. 
it's also important to figure out what seem what skills your team has already or what skills you want to develop because certain skills lend themselves to certain challenge types better than others. There's some excellent tools that you can find for figuring out what skills your team has in Roadmap. Uh, and it's important to remember that every team member is going to bring something different to the team and capitalizing on those skills is really part of what makes teamwork so important in Destination Imagination. So part of the process isn't necessarily a decision you make because ultimately you're going to find a challenge that works for you and for your team. One of the big parts of choosing a challenge comes with the figuring out how to make decisions as a team skill, which in DI is probably one of the hardest things, especially for new teams to do. You've gotten this group of, of kids together and no one really knows each other. Or if they do, they don't necessarily know how to work together in a team situation. And so setting the stage for how decisions are going to be made, coming up with rules, a procedure, a process is really, really important because it'll allow you to have a process in place for all the decisions that come after this while you're solving your challenge. Your team's going to need to learn how to compromise, how to work together. Some teams like to vote on these things where everyone does a secret ballot or they raise their hands. But really, ultimately, it comes down to figuring out how your team is going to collaborate and how they're going to work together to make decisions without conflict and without fighting and getting mad at each other. Yeah, that's that's great. It's a big decision to make together, but I think that's some great advice about how to make that happen with your team. Um, thank you for bringing up Roadmap and some of the team building uh, activities and advice there in Roadmap. If you're listening to this and you don't know what Roadmap is, check out episode three, where we're going to tell you a whole bunch of awesome stuff about that great resource. Uh, okay, so we've read the challenges. Our team has selected a challenge. Everything's great. But what, uh-oh, what if we still have questions, Amanda? What can we do? You can ask them, which is a great thing. <laughs> yes, it is. Tell us more about yeah. that process and what we can do uh, to ask. Well, first of all, we'll have a whole separate episode about the nitty gritty of clarifications. But tell us what, what how clarifications might help us in that challenge selection process. Sure. So asking questions is part of the DI educational pedagogy, which is why we make such a big deal about being able to ask questions. Your first step when you want to ask a question about the challenge is to go look for the published clarifications. We'll explain a little bit about what that means in that other podcast. Um, but it's just basically a clarification that we release for all the teams in a particular challenge to give them a heads up about a rule change or something that just needed a little bit of extra clarity, for lack of a better term. Um, you can find the published clarifications on the DI website. That'll be under the team challenges uh, menu, and then you'll click on clarifications. Once you get to that page, you'll choose your particular challenge to view the published clarifications for that challenge. You're going to want to read through all of those that are listed on the page. Some challenges may have a few published clarifications. Some challenges may not have any, but it's just good practice to check before you go on to asking a team clarification, just in case the question is already answered. If it's not, though, there will be a link on that page to ask a team clarification if you're not finding the answer to your question. The important thing about team clarifications is that they are not shared with any other team. You 
submit them privately to the International Challenge Masters. They send you an email with the answer back and nobody else sees it. So you can share with us details about your solution that you wouldn't necessarily share with another team because of interference concerns. So that's a pretty cool part of the clarification process. You can be very specific with us. And then that gives us the opportunity to give you an even better answer. Um, once we send that back to you. Awesome. Yeah, that's great that that process is in place to help deepen understanding of what is and isn't possible in these challenges. That's really cool. Um, and Erica, uh, on the note of understanding these challenges better, I understand that there's also some challenge specific courses available for team managers. Yeah. Online. <laughs> Yeah, Kelsey, the challenge-specific training courses are in the team manager catalog, which can be found in the DI learning management system. Yeah, we love using that Adobe Captivate Prime to spread the good word. Yeah, we do. All right, beautiful. Uh, Amanda Potter, Erica Begun-Veenstra, thank you for joining me to talk a little bit more about the challenges today. Is there anything else you would like us to know about these beautiful challenges? Just that we're really excited to see how all these teams are going to solve them. That's the best part. Yeah. Yeah, that is the best part. Okay. I've got one more question for you both. And it's a surprise. Um, What is one thing that you wish every team manager knew about DI? So for me, I think one of the things that I hope everybody knows or discovers on the journey is that it doesn't really matter how well your team does in ranking or scores or anything like that, the kids will move forward and remember the relationships they built with each other and with you, the team manager. And that is really the part of DI for me that was life-changing as an alum of the program. I remember the friends that I made, the experiences we had together and my relationship with my team manager and all the awards or lack of awards, all the tournament stuff was just kind of in the background to all of that. The big lesson learning was in the relationship building and the experience. That's great. Thanks, Amanda. Erica, how about you? Was one thing you wish every team manager knew about DI? I think one of the biggest skills that the the participants learn in DI is confidence in themselves and agency uh, is another big part of that. They learn to know that they can do something and they're proud of that. And they learn that they can talk to adults about their thoughts and their ideas and they can become advocates for their own experiences. And so like Amanda said, it's not necessarily about where you place. It's about those other skills that you learn. The ability to talk, the ability to express your ideas, the ability to have control over how things are built and made is one of those really, really vital skills that DI teaches. Awesome. Those are both lovely things to keep in mind. Thank you so much for that and for joining us today on Roadmap Plus. Here at Roadmap Plus, we would like to acknowledge that today's episode was recorded on land that was originally inhabited and cultivated by the Ojibwa, Lenape, and Shawnee nations. We're very grateful for this land and for the people who cultivated it for generations. Uh, I'm your host, Kelsey Selleck. We'll see you next time on Roadmap Plus.